Omnamonarai and I, and welcome back to the final video as we end the Sri Bhakti Sutra, or the Narada Bhakti Sutra. We're starting today with verse 51. Pure love of God cannot be easily described. It is like a feast tasted by a silent person who will not describe the experience to others. Pure love of God becomes manifest in some rare souls. Pure love of God is free from material qualities and material desires. At each moment, it grows greater and greater. It is never broken. It is spiritual and free from material contact. This pure love of God is directly experienced by great devotees. When one attains pure love of God, he sees the Lord everywhere. He always hears about the Lord, speaks about him, and think about him. The beginning stages of bhakti, devotional service, may be classified in three divisions. The three divisions may be according to the three modes of material nature, that being ignorance, passion, and goodness. Or they may be according to the divisions of artha, the distressed, artharthi, those in need of money, and jijnasu, the curious. In these two sects of three divisions, each stage is better than the preceding one. In this way, bhakti in passion is better than bhakti in ignorance, and bhakti in goodness is better than bhakti and passion. In the same way, bhakti performed by the artati is better than bhakti performed by the artha, and bhakti performed by the jijnasu is better than bhakti performed by the artati. Bhakti is easier than other spiritual paths. Devotional service is easier than other paths because it does not require the help of any activities outside of devotional service. Devotional service is easier because simply by engaging in the activities of devotional service, devotion becomes automatically manifest. Devotional service is easier than other paths because it brings peacefulness. Devotional service is easier than other paths because it brings transcendental bliss. The devotee should always consider that he is a soul completely surrendered in the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thinking in this way, he should not be concerned about the destruction of the temporary things in this world. As long as the perfectional stage of devotional service is not attained, ordinary work in this world should not be given up. However, the fruits of work should be given up. And in this way, there will be progress on the path of devotional service. In devotional service, one should not hear about women, money, atheistic philosophy, or blasphemy of the devotees. Pride, hypocrisy, and other faults should be given up. All activities should be offered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is even possible to engage in lust, anger, pride, and other inauspicious qualities in the Lord's service. One should become free from the influence of the three modes of material nature and become the eternal servant or the eternal lover of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In this way, one should develop pure love of God. Those devotees who are completely surrendered to the Lord are the best. 
As they discuss the topics of the Supreme Personality Godhead, their voices become choked, they shed tears, and the hairs of their bodies stand up in ecstasy. These devotees purify their own families, as well as the entire world. Where they go becomes a place of pilgrimage. They transform, transform work into devotion and service. Their words become the scriptures. Such devotees are completely surrendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such devotees make the pitas rejoice and the demigods dance. The presence of such devotees bring protection to the earth. For such pure devotees, no consideration should be given to the circumstances of their birth, their academic attainment, physical beauty, financial status, occupation, or material situation. Because these devotees have completely surrendered to the Lord, the material distinctions of caste or material qualification no longer apply to them. Devotees should not engage in mental speculation. Devotees should not engage in mental speculation because it is a labyrinth of many theories and because the theories produced by speculation are in constant flux, one moment true and the next false. Bhakti sutras, devotional scriptures, should be worshipped. The activities prescribed by them should be performed. The time of death, when one must give up material happiness, distress, desires, property, and a host of other things, is gradually approaching. Fully aware of this, one should not waste a moment but always engage in devotional service. One should endeavor to develop truthfulness, nonviolence, cleanliness, mercy, faith in God, and other good qualities. Always, in all respects, and with single-pointed concentration, one should worship and serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When he is glorified, the Supreme Personality of Godhead at once appears and allows the devotees to perceive his transcendental form. Devotional service, bhakti, to the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the best of all spiritual paths. Devotional service is the best of all spiritual paths. Although devotional service is one, it may be divided into the following 11 categories. Attachment to chanting the glories of the Lord's transcendental qualities. Attachment to the transcendental form of the Lord. Attachment to the worship of the Lord. Attachment to always remembering the Lord. Attachment to rendering service to the Lord. Attachment to serving the Lord as a friend. Attachment to serving the Lord as a conjugal lover. Attachment to serving the Lord as a parent. Attachment to surrendering everything to the Lord. Attachment to taking shelter of the Lord. Attachment to loving the Lord in the mood of separation. The Kumaras. Vasya, Sukadeva Goswami, Sandalamuni, Gargamuni, Vishnu Swami, Kundyamuni, Anattasesa, Udava, Aruni, Maharajabali, Hanuman, Vip, Hisana, and other teachers of the path of devotional service, the Bhakti Acharyas, who are all completely surrendered to the Lord and unafraid of what ordinary non devotees may say to criticize them, all describe the path of devotional service in this way. One who has great faith in these auspicious instructions spoken by Narada Muni attains the dear most supreme personality of Godhead. And thus ends this sutra. I'm going to be honest. I have some issues with this sutra. Uh, 
I do have some issues with this sutra. So the things I read on this channel are things that I find that are interesting that I would like to read that I think would be interesting to others. I am not necessarily reading things that I endorse or that I believe. I'm learning things to learn. They may be from paths that I follow, paths that I don't follow. I'm reading things to learn and to share, and maybe you don't have time to read something so I can read it for you. And this particular sutra, I, I've, I've got some issues. Um, let me go to where this issue was. Um, oh, boy. Uh, oh, I apologize for my damaging of Sanskrit where I said Arta Artarti and Chichnasu. I've never seen those words before, so I don't know how they're actually pronounced. Um, so apologies for that. Where was the thing? Uh, -da 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 -da. Bhakti is easier than other spiritual paths. Well, maybe compared to yoga, it might be. But honestly, it seems to me that if becoming a pure devotee, according to what we read in, in the previous video, is rare, and a pure devotee is hard to find, as I said in the other video, then actually, is bhakti the easiest? Bhakti might be the hardest, or a hard one, or actually maybe there is no easy way. Bhakti requires a lot of things from you, and many of those things are not easy. I don't know 500 years ago, but I know today, they're not easy. Some of them might be impossible to do. So, is bhakti the easiest path? I do not think it is. I think it is very hard. I think it is easy to go through the motions of bhakti. I think it is easy to say, I love me some God. But when you get down in the nuts and bolts, is it really? Is that it? Is it just saying the words? No, there's so much more than that. Uh, I have friends who are full of bhakti. I've been criticized because I'm not full of enough bhakti by them. But the thing is, is yes, they. I may look at them and go, wow, they, they actually are full of all this love and, and passion. But whenever a hurdle comes in their way, they just they walk away. I'm done. So they're giving up. So what is the bhakti then? It's just words until something hard comes. I was like, yeah, I'm done. Sorry. Sorry. It's too hard for me now. I gotta go find another guru. I gotta find another teacher. And they do. I gotta find something else that works for me. So are they really on the path of bhakti? No, they're on the path of word service. But yet according to this, bhakti is easy. You just do a bunch of stuff and you're fine. But they're doing it. But then something's not there. So I disagree with that. I disagree that it's, it's, it's easier. I do think on some way it is easier because you don't need a book, you don't need to learn anything, you, um, you know, you, it's just you. We can do bhakti right here in this room, it's in my bedroom, there's nobody else here, we can do bhakti. I don't even need incense, though it would be helpful. I don't need anything. I just need to remember and praise the Lord. Uh, actually reading the scripture is a form of bhakti, so in that sense it is easier. But is, is it easier than the others? I, when you get down to it, I disagree. Um, there was another part here. Oh, it says that ordinary work in this world should be given up. So as long as, the, the, as, long as you're, you're not perfect in your stage of devotional service, you haven't attained perfection, don't give up the ordinary world. 
Yet, in yesterday's reading, you were supposed to give up non-devotees and separate from them because they pull you down. They don't allow you to grow. So I'm, I'm supposed to be a part of the world. I'm supposed to have ordinary work, which I mean, what does that mean? Going, working at, well, actually the shirt's from Circle K. This is my ex-girlfriend's shirt and it fits me. It means going to work at Circle K. But yet, going to work at Circle K means I associate with non-devotees. And according to what we read yesterday, that pulls me down. So how can I work in the world without ordinary work? How can I do that without being around the non-devotees I'm not supposed to be around? You see, this contradicts its own thing. Now, it does say that the fruits of work should be given up. So I can work at Circle K, but I just have no attachment to it. I'm simply making money to pay my rent and to eat food because I have to. So I... This part is odd. Also, if I just want to live and just achieve bhakti, how am I going to survive? How am I going to do this? I need to have a job in the modern world. I don't have a trust. I don't have anything. I need something to provide for me. If I just sit like this, I will be kicked out of my apartment. <laughs> Now, in India, maybe you can sit like this on the river of Ganges, but that would make Hinduism a not very universal religion. You basically have to live in India, and you can just sit and people will feed you, but this is America. Hinduism is not limited to India, as far as I believe. So, so this little bit is weird, because we all need devotional service. Now, the next line also bothered me. I'm sorry. <laughs> It said, in devotional service, one should not hear about women, money, atheistic philosophy, or blasphemy of the devotees. Yet later in this, it talks about supporting your family. Well, if I have a family, don't I have a wife? And in order to have a wife, I have to hear about women because I need to find the wife. Hear about women? And honestly, this then criticizes women. Uh, is there any line out there that says, well, women shouldn't hear about men? No, that book's not been written. So to hear about women, though, means you won't have a family. But also, I, I can't exist in the world in an ordinary job and not hear about women. I work with women. My staff is full of women. One of my, my best friends at work are women. Uh, am I supposed to not hear or work? I, and then I'm supposed to make money, but I'm not supposed to hear about money, but I have to hear about money to exist. You have to hear about money in this world. Atheistic philosophy, you can skip. And blasphemy of devotees, so it's long been it's long been said that a like an Iskhan, a Krishna conscious devotee is basically equal to the Lord. So you should treat them as you are dealing with the Lord. But according to this text, as we read yesterday, pure devotees are hard to find, nearly impossible, which means they're not really lordly. This text yesterday also told us to give up um, material piety as found in the Vedas, the corruptive piety. But yet it's now saying, well, I shouldn't blaspheme the devotees, even if the devotee is impure. Even if the devotee is full of materialism, I'm not supposed to blaspheme them. So it's a contradiction. Either, either you can't have all your devotees lordly, but yet then say, well, you know, some of them are. But you're supposed to treat them like they are, which means their pride will blow up contradictions I I and then it says a line verse 65 it says it is even possible to engage in lust anger pride and other inauspicious qualities in the Lord's service but okay you see you can be a minister and be a jerk but doesn't expand on that and that is a really important idea but it doesn't expand on that like 
Why? 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 Well, you should expand on that. And there was something else here. Uh, let's see. Was there something else here that really kind of... Contra oh, for such poor devotees, no consideration should be given to the circumstances of their birth. Okay, fine. Their academic attainment, yeah. There's a lot of highly rated people with degrees who probably aren't needing to be highly rated. Got that. Physical beauty. It's not everything. Looks aren't everything. Financial status, occupation, material situation. Okay, if I'm working an ordinary job and I have a family, my family is going to care whether I am bringing home money. If I'm not... If I'm to not care about my occupation and not care about my financial status, and I'm barely surviving, that means that my child may be starving. Is that a good thing? Am I being an honorable devotee to the Lord if I am unable to provide for my child? Can you please qualify what this means? Uh, so, so my wife is going to marry me and not care how much money I make. Yeah, find me a wife who says that. If I'm barely making enough to survive, she's going to be my sugar mama. This is not working. This is, doesn't work in this. It's a contradiction. You're supposed to be in the world, but out of the world. You're supposed to be full of bhakti, but you're not supposed to associate with women, but it's okay if you have a wife, but don't think about feeding her. She should just provide for herself? Oh, yeah, but don't talk about women. So your wife's needs... I'm really disappointed in this text, if you can't tell. There's some great things in it, and I know I'm not mentioning those. Um, there are some good things in this text, but it's like... And it throws some other stuff that in here, which is... Oh, there was one more thing. Devotees should not engage in mental speculation. So entire, this entire video, kaput. Here's the catch-22. If you go back in the history of um, Hinduism, and you look at books, you look at the Upanishads, you look at the uh, Vedas, Puranas, um, any text you can name, you're going to find what? Mental speculation. Adi Shankara? Mental speculation. Ram Ramanuji? Mental speculation. The fact that we have Shaivites and Vaishnavas who have some lots of overlap but also disagreement, isn't that mental speculation? So, according to this, you're not supposed to engage in any mental speculation. You're supposed to do what this text says and be done with it. Even though this text is interpreting certain things and going through mental speculation. Basically, you're supposed to be a zombie and never think. Yet, Hinduism is about thinking. The Upanishads are all about mental speculation. The Puranas, the fact that we have multiple branches, are is an example of mental speculation. Now, let me tell you, there is a group out there, a religious group, it's not Hindu. They do not have mental speculation. They don't do it. That's, that's um, Jonestown. What was his name? I forget his name. He didn't promote mental speculation. Everyone thought like him. Everyone acted like him. He said the word. You believed it. End of story. You said you should die. There was no reason for you to mentally speculate that he was wrong. That is an example of zero mental speculation. That's the death of Hinduism. That's the death of logic. That's the death of everything. And actually, Hinduism has jhana, has speculative learning. Well, is not speculative learning mental speculation. So this is actually criticizing jhana, which is a legitimate form of Hinduism, um, a, a legitimate form of yoga in Hinduism. This text is... Yeah, I, it's... 
the next line, though, at text 75 I'm looking at, it says, mental speculation is a labyrinth of many theories, and the theories produced are in constant flux. So one moment true and one moment false. That I totally agree with. Things change over time. Um, theories, science, whatever, social constructs, whatever, changes over time. George Washington wouldn't even recognize the clothing I'm wearing. He going to a Circle K to get gas. What's gas? You know, things change. How you approach a woman, how you do with this, how you have a job, all these things are different. Um, you know, Socratic ideas may not apply in the modern world, etc., etc. This is saying because ideas change, don't involve yourself in ideas. Basically, don't think. Don't think. Works for Johnstown. Don't think. I would say differently. I say don't be attached. Or I say be cautious. Or I say, actually this is what I truly say, don't grab a hold of every single idea that's coming and support every single idea, whatever it is, even if it contradicts last week, just because it's trendy, it's popular, it's the agenda of your political party. Think, process, be willing to break the mold, be willing to say things, be willing to investigate before you change. Alright, that's my thoughts. This has gotten me really worked up because I was hoping for something more from this and kind of disappointed me because it's full of contradictions. Sorry, I'm engaging in mental speculation. I'm not supposed to criticize the devotee who wrote this, but oh well. Sorry for the background noise that's around. Um, cars and things and sounds from outside. Just the way it goes. Anyways, I'm glad you're sticking with me. Please feel free to comment. And thanks for doing this three-part series with me. And uh, yeah, we'll see where we go next. Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Harry Harry, Harry Rama, Harry Rama, Rama Rama, Harry Harry.